The overwhelmed brain is about navigating the difficulties of life. All the challenges that come along that uh, make you wonder why life has to be so difficult sometimes. I agree. <laughs> why? Why? And my other podcast, Love and Abuse, over at loveandabuse.com helps you navigate the difficult relationship. Listen to the one that works for you or listen to both and then call me in the morning. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. All right, let's talk about um, a relationship issue. Why not? <laughs> Somebody wrote to me and asked if they um, made a mistake by leaving a person that they were with. This person wrote, I recently ended a short-term uh, relationship about two months with someone whose partner or ex-partner cheated on him and they also have a kid together. She said, he treated me wonderfully, validating my feelings and creating a space for me to express myself. He had only been out of this long-term relationship for a couple months when we met. In the beginning, he said he was never going back because of what she did to him. And uh, while he's with me, he returned to their house that they had together and got his belongings. He went multiple times, which I took as excuses to see her. He uh, told me that he reflected on what he did to contribute to the downfall of their relationship, saying that he should have been more aware and responsive to her feelings and communicated better. We went out with one of his friends one night who pulled me aside and said this about my boyfriend. He said he had mentioned he met a girl who he really liked, talking about me, but said he really wants to be with his ex. I told him about this and he said that this was during the time that uh, we first started talking in he really no longer feels that way. So I asked him later, if things don't work out with um, your ex's new boyfriend, would you go back to her? He said, I don't know. He misses her and there's a lot of memories and his family is now broken up. I asked again because it was bothering me. He said I misunderstood and that he wouldn't go back to her because he is with me. I ended it. I ended it because all I can think about was his initial response and out of my fear of being hurt in the future, I didn't want to continue. My friend had mentioned that my now ex's friend would not have said that to me if he didn't think it were important, that it was essentially a warning. I feel stupid for starting something with someone with such baggage. My question is, is it even possible for someone to move on that fast? Did he even have the capacity to have a new girlfriend and care for me? Or was I just a distraction to avoid being alone? I'm so confused on what to believe and struggle to separate what is truthful and what isn't. All right, thanks for sharing that. And uh, sorry you're going through this. I know it, it's hard. Thankfully, it was only two months. And I don't say thankfully because uh, of any red flags or anything like that. But you had these feelings and you didn't let it go on too long before you decided to act on those feelings. Now, are your feelings valid? Yes, of course. Your feelings are always valid. But does that mean what you were thinking and feeling was true? Meaning, would he go back if his ex broke up with her boyfriend? And he said, I don't know. So that time when he said, I don't know, that tells me that he still has feelings. And he even said to you that he still has feelings for this person. 
And it is difficult when you leave uh, a family that you created, that you raised together, that you are all part of one. I mean, a relationship creates a new identity. This is how I look at relationships. A relationship creates a new identity in the sense that it, it's its own entity, meaning it's like you're a person, he's a person, and the relationship acts like a third person. It, it's weird when I say it that way, but it, it to me, it's true. And this third person is all of it wrapped in one. And so you have this relationship that is now your or now part of your identity, part of his identity. And he had his identity. He had a relationship with a family, his ex, his child or their child, all wrapped up into this identity. So when you get out of a relationship, now you are missing a part of your identity. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's what it can feel like. You're missing a part of your identity. And so what you're trying to do is fill that part that's missing. Now that sounds like a rebound, I know, but we all go through this in some way, shape or form, at least from my own perspective, we all go through this. You uh, lose an animal. Now you have this uh, hole in your heart and you're trying to find ways to fill that hole or avoid thinking about it or you you feel pain. And so this pain comes with uh, this gap and this gap is in your life now and what you used to put in the gap is no longer there. And so this happens with people too. Somebody leaves your life, somebody important to you or you leave them Now you have this hole, this gap, this missing part of you, this missing part of your identity. When I had my cat, (laughs) it was just me and my cat. You know, this is after my divorce. My cat and I, I I call it the Ming and I because his name was Ming. (laughs) My cat and I, we traveled across the country. We lived together through thick and thin for 20 years. He went with me everywhere. He was my best friend. I mean, for an animal. I have human people too, but he was my best friend and I really leaned on him for a lot. So when he died, I felt uh, that loss, just like any one of us would. I felt the loss of my friend, my pet, my animal, my good buddy. (laughs) And uh, when he was gone, that brought up um, a new identity for me. And it's a little strange to look at it that way, but it did. Because now I am just me. It's no longer the Ming and I. It's just me. So that changes things. It changes uh, how you think on a minute-to-minute basis. How you feel. Because that person or that animal or that thing is no longer there. So now you have to figure out how you identify with yourself. How you identify yourself to the world. How you identify yourself to others. Because that part of you is missing. So I see somebody like this who left a marriage. There was infidelity. He had strong feelings, but he had to leave because he didn't want to live with that betrayal. He didn't trust her probably. And um, I don't even know if it's continuing, if she's that way, or if there was something going on in that relationship. She did it once and she admitted it and they tried to patch things up. I don't know. That might make a difference for a lot of people. If they admitted to it and they said, I will never do that again. We need to work on our relationship because 
I felt lonely or whatever their excuse or reason was, the person decided to step out of the relationship and do their thing. And now there's the aftermath. We have to deal with the aftermath and will it last? And I have episodes on infidelity. I've talked about that in the past, so I'm not going to dive too deeply into that. But the point is this person left his relationship because it's painful. It it really is painful to to be with somebody who betrayed you, especially if um, you believe things are going well and you believe that you can feel safe with this person and you can trust this person, yet they do this. So your world comes crashing down on you. And it's just hard to turn love off and say, well, I don't love you anymore. That's very difficult. So I'm not siding with him. I'm not siding with you or his ex or whatever. I'm just kind of laying out some foundational matter of facts. So we have a person that left a relationship that really can't turn the love and the feelings off. He still has feelings. It sounds like he does. And can those feelings... Uh, go away in two months? Probably not. I mean, it sounds like they didn't for him. But does that mean that um, you should trust your instinct and say, okay, this guy might go back to his ex and I just don't want to uh, face that possibility. So I'm going to back off. Everything you told me about this guy sounds good. I mean, all the way he treated you and the way you felt with him. So that part was good. And if you hadn't heard from, I guess, his friend that told you about what he said to him, then I'm sure things would have gone differently. You would have kept the relationship going. And so uh, you made a decision based on what you heard. And then you talked to him about it, which is the right thing to do. I want to know if uh, your ex broke up, would you go back to her? And the first thing he says is, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't feel very good. If I asked my partner, Asha, if your ex, your um, sociopathic ex-husband, decided to um, come back into your life and say, hey, I'm so sorry about everything I did and I really want to work things out, would you go back to him? If she said, well, I would have to think about it, then that would be painful. That would be painful for me because now I feel like, the lesser of the two. And I shouldn't have to feel that way because I am and should be the main person in her life as a romantic partner. That is my role now. So if she said, well, you never know what happens and I could go back to my ex, (laughs) that would be devastating. I don't want to hear that. That's just like, well, what's the point then? What's the point of moving forward with you if you still have these other feelings and you would go back to him or you would consider going back to him. But my situation's different. My situation is we've been together for about nine years now. And so that kind of conversation uh, hopefully will never take place. And I know it won't. <laughs> I know her well enough that we've, we've already had conversations like this. I've actually asked her that question. Hey, if uh, so-and-so said that he really wanted you back and he was really sorry... And she gave me a look. She said, what? No. What are you kidding me? And that feels very good to hear. Not that I was worried about it. I was actually looking for that response. It was kind of fun for me. But I get it. I get where you are. 
You're only two months in. He's only two months out. What should he feel? How should he feel? I will give him credit for being honest. I don't know. I think that's an honest response. I don't know because I still have feelings. He didn't say that, but you can't turn off feelings. It's really hard. And I'm sure he's thought about it. I'm sure he's thinking, I don't want to have these feelings. She betrayed me. She hurt me. I don't want to have these feelings. But that was also a part of my identity. And those are my words. That was a part of me. And that part of me is now back there. And even though it was painful, it was the last 10 years of my life. And so you have this person that is willing to say something like that to you. And that is honest. And I tell you what, I would rather have somebody be honest with me saying, I do still have feelings for somebody, but you know, that's not my focus right now. It would hurt. I wouldn't like it. I would feel like you. Oh crap. What about the future? Is he just going to dump me? Should I even invest any more into this relationship? Because he seems to be divided in his thoughts and his feelings. That's true. That's true. And I'm not telling you to go in one direction or another with this, you know, the way you're thinking about it. But I am introducing all of this to you so that you can have a better perspective and make better decisions. Because your decision right now, or at least it was, was to leave him to protect yourself and because you don't think he's fully invested in the relationship. And quite frankly, he wasn't in your your relationship with him. He wasn't fully invested. A fully invested person is going to say, no, I'm done with that relationship. I'm not going back. I'm ready to move forward. Now, that might sound unfair to some people listening. What? But I still have feelings for my ex. That's what I might hear. I still have feelings, and it's uh, because they weren't so bad. They made a few mistakes. I made a few mistakes. And if my current partner died, I would consider going back to that person. A lot of us might feel that way. If my partner died, would I? Probably not. <laughs> I wouldn't consider going back to any of my exes. I have no desire. And it's not because they're bad people. They're, they're actually wonderful people. It's just that I realize that I am a different person than they are. And I have different uh, values and different uh, thoughts about what's attractive to me now. And I, I've changed. I've changed over the years. And so... I value these people for being in my life, but I certainly don't want to go back. I want to keep moving forward. And they were perfect for me in my life at the time, primarily because I had a lot to learn. So I hate to say that they were only my teachers because they weren't, but they were very good teachers. They were very good teachers for me. And I hope in some way I was a good teacher for them and not in the best way. Like I was the difficult one. They were the easy one. I made life difficult for them. And uh, they tried. They tried to accommodate me. They tried to appease me. They tried to uh, make life better with me. And I, I wasn't reciprocating. I wasn't reciprocating in a healthy way. Because back then, I wasn't that healthy. But now I feel really good about myself. I feel really good about how I treat my partner. And I think she feels good about how I treat her. I feel good about how she treats me. And so I've moved on. And I've created a new identity, or at least an aspect of me, is now a part of me and her, or her and I, however you say it. 
And so we make this entity together. It's me and her and this third person, this third entity in the relationship. And why do I keep emphasizing that? I keep emphasizing that because you should be two individuals in a relationship and do your own thing and enjoy your life, whether you're with somebody or not, doing the things you love, or at least the things you are interested in, and you can do things together as well. And those things aren't always the same. You can enjoy this, they can enjoy that, and then you you both can enjoy things together and experience things together. That's how I see life. And, and I think that's uh, part of the definition of a healthy relationship is when you have two individuals that create a third combined form that works together in wonderful ways, whether that's another person, a family, more than one person, whatever it is for you, but they create another aspect of yourself. So anyway, the whole point about all this is that when he left or when he, I don't know how the relationship ended, whenever he got out of the relationship, a part of him is now missing. And it's very difficult for some people to find somebody else and go, okay, you're going to fill that missing part. You are the person, especially at two months. You can't look at somebody and get to know them in two months and say, you're the one. That doesn't make you feel very good. I know because you want to be the one. You want to be their primary thought, their primary focus. But he does have what you say, baggage. Baggage isn't always bad. It's just um, history. Baggage is history that is either going to affect you or not. And sometimes their baggage doesn't affect you and sometimes it does. But he has baggage because they have a kid together. So there are going to be times when they connect and talk and things like that. So that baggage comes with the person. Can we accept the baggage? And it sounds like you did. It sounds like you knew that he just got out of a relationship and he probably does have baggage. I'm sure you didn't think he didn't. But he just got out of a relationship and he probably seemed okay. But you are in that, let me tell you this, you are in that tiny window, and you already know this, the tiny window of a possible rebound relationship. And that's challenging, totally. You could be the filler before the next person. That's not fun. I mean, unless you just want to have fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's not fun if you want a real relationship. And you invest your emotional energy into this person. It doesn't mean that everyone that just broke up or just got divorced is now on the rebound. It just means that uh, some people are. A lot of people can be on the rebound after they lose somebody in their life or lose an important relationship. Part of their identity is now missing. And so somebody else might fill the gap until they rebuild themselves. That could be you. That could be you. So that is a challenge when somebody just broke up because they could be the rebound. And I hate to say this, but I I wonder if when I was married, if she was my rebound, because when I met the person who would become my wife, I was still depressed. I was still trying to figure out who I was. No, I wasn't even trying to do that. I didn't even know who I was. I was just depressed and trying to figure out what to do next in life. I was depressed because my source of energy and happiness and joy was the last person that I was with. 
and that's unhealthy. When you make somebody else the primary source of your happiness and your joy, it drains them. And it's very hard to go on without somebody if they're your energy source. So that is, I'm going to say it, dysfunctional. We don't want to make somebody else our energy source. We want to make them uh, an equal partner. We want to support their happiness. We want to support the decisions that make them happy because we love seeing them happy. And we also want to allow them to live their life without having us leech off of them. We don't want to drain them because they need to have enough energy, not only to enjoy themselves, but to enjoy us. And if we are leeching off of them, and that's a terrible word, I'm sorry, but I did this, I'm going to admit it, I I did this for years. I was an energy leech. And uh, many times they were just trying to find space away from me to have a, a balanced life in themselves. That's why I now believe you're supposed to have two individuals in a relationship and a third part that makes up all of you. And then you can experience life together as all of you. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just go your own separate ways and enjoy your life without them. And this can happen while in the relationship. Hey, I'm going to take some time off and enjoy this project. Great. I support you, honey. I'm going to enjoy this while you do that. Great. And then we meet up later and we say, how did it go? Tell me about your day. Tell me about your last few days. I haven't talked to you in so long. I think that's healthy because then you get to fill your own cup and then you get to fill the cup of the relationship. So uh, coming back to this person, yes, it was risky. It is risky to date someone who is fresh out of a relationship. I'm not saying that everyone is in the rebound stage. And I'm not saying that they won't suddenly change their mind and go back. But here's how I look at it. I look at it as when someone leaves a relationship, there are many reasons that happens. And then they meet someone new. Let's just say in two months, like you guys did. They meet someone new and in two months they realize, wow, I find so much more enjoyment with you. And I find so much more compatibility And I feel so good when I'm with you and you don't seem to do the same things that used to upset me or used to trigger me as my ex did. This is a really nice relationship, even though I still have feelings for the other person. And what that does is it gives them a taste of that there are other people out there. It gives them a taste that what they've experienced isn't the only type of person they can experience, isn't the only type of uh, communication issues or the infidelity that went on, you know, whatever other things that were going on in their relationship. It gives the person a new outlook, a new perspective, and shows them that they don't have to stay with somebody that isn't working out. So there's a lot that they gain, and that can work to the new person's advantage because the new person is going to look like a really great catch. You look like a really great catch. The challenge is you don't know if they're going to go back no matter how great of a catch you are. And that's why you ended it. So this is where you have to have a serious conversation and you have to continue having serious conversations when you have feelings about it. Instead of just ending it, you have the conversation. Look, I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable because you still have feelings. 
And if you still have feelings, then I don't know if you're just going to break up with me. I mean, you said that you're not sure that you should go back to her. And I know that that's not really how you feel now because you told me that, but I'm unsure. So I want to have a conversation about it and have an honest talk and don't be attached to the outcome because what ends up happening is we sometimes have these honest talks and the other person doesn't want to hurt you. So they aren't as honest or forthcoming as they should be because they know you have an attachment to what you really want it to be, which is why it's very important. I've said this many times and some people don't listen and that's fine. <laughs> don't fall in love so quick. I know you can have feelings, but when you fall in love really quick, what ends up happening is you end up making a lot of decisions based on how great you feel instead of looking at all the variables in the relationship. Hmm, he still has healing to do, so I'm going to stay a little bit emotionally disconnected. And I'm not promoting emotional disconnect. I'm saying you just stay on guard. You can still enjoy yourself. You can still spend time together. You can still invest your emotional energy into that person, but um, just stay a little bit distance, a little bit. If someone is bothered by that, if you do that and someone is bothered by that, like, where are you? How come you're so distant from me all the time? Then that's another conversation to have. And you can have an honest conversation about it. Look, I don't just fall in love right away and suddenly we're together 100% and I'm ready to get married. And I don't do that. I take my time and I want to know if you'll take your time with this relationship too. And if they said, well, yeah, I care about you and I want to go forward with you and I will take all the time it needs as long as I'm with you, then that's a great response. That is very healthy. But if they say, well, no, I, I, I'm in love and I, I expect you to be in love and we're committed to each other and I want to get married to you. And if you've only been together for a few months and that's the conversation, that's kind of scary. It's an orange flag that's moving too fast. And why do they feel this way? What's going on about that? And again, I may have some disagreement there because some people may say, what's well, love at first sight? <laughs> some people might disagree with that and that's fine. But in my experience, I've been through several relationships in my life and I've come to learn that falling in love fast <laughs> and really putting 100% into each other really fast is sometimes a mistake. Not that it turns out bad all the time, but we tend to turn a blind eye to other things that may develop in the relationship that we may need to be aware of, that we may need to keep an eye on. I, I had a talk recently with a friend who said, you know, I didn't see all these signs, but when I did, when I finally saw a, a little sign of maybe emotionally abusive behavior or, or he was doing or saying things that confused me or hurt me. I just kind of wrote them off. I just kind of thought, well, maybe it's me. Because now she was invested. She was in love, I, I believe. And she was moving forward with the relationship 100% without being skeptical. You turn off your skepticism and anything's possible. So that's just a... Just be aware. <laughs> just have an awareness. Just observe. Because you can love somebody. You can trust them. You can put all your effort and energy into them. And you can believe that they're not going to do anything wrong. And then um, sometimes they do. 
You know the feeling you get when you slide into bed after a long day and everything just feels right? That's the feeling we get every night with cozy earth bedding. My fiance Asha and I have different sleeping preferences. She likes it cool and I like it warm. But with Cozy Earth's viscose from bamboo sheets, we've both been in absolute bliss. These sheets are smooth, they're never scratchy, and they've turned our bed into a sanctuary. Speaking of sanctuaries, Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding collection has been a game changer for us. From the plush pillows to the softest blankets I've ever felt, it's like reinventing the bedroom into a place of ultimate luxury. And the peace of mind that comes with their generous warranty means that we're sleeping with confidence, knowing that we're covered for years to come. Cozy Earth's cuddle blanket has become our go-to for cozying up. It's oversized, incredibly soft, and perfect for sharing. The holidays are over, but you can still give the gift of comfort to those you love with Cozy Earth's loungewear and premium bath products. It's like bringing in the spa home. So here's what they want to do for you. They want to give the Overwhelmed Brain listeners up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code BRAIN. Just visit CozyEarth.com and start enjoying the ultimate in bedding luxury. That's CozyEarth.com. Use the code BRAIN when checking out and you'll get up to 35% off site-wide. Your sleep and your well-being will thank you. Now, I'm not talking about long-term relationships. Long-term relationships where you've been together probably over a year, maybe a year and a half. Things start to settle into a, oh, I know this person better now. I know this person well enough now to invest more, to invest 100%. That doesn't mean you have to wait a year and a half. It just means about that time I start to see uh, that the patterns that the other person is showing, they're repeated. If they're good patterns, those repeated good patterns reinforce that, hey, this is a good person I can trust and I can invest more of me. But if there are other patterns, like I keep leaving conversations or arguments confused and I keep thinking that, Maybe I'm the problem and maybe I'm guilty and we get into all that stuff at loveandabuse.com. All the control and the manipulation and emotional abuse that slips under the radar. If you are fully invested, you might not see it happening or you might uh, give them a free pass over and over again. That can happen. And there's no real timeline. It's just a matter of there has to be enough time that goes by where you finally say, okay, they've proven themselves over and over again. And now I'm ready to commit wholeheartedly. If they ask me to marry them, I'm saying yes. And that is a buildup of reinforced behaviors that you are witnessing. It's a buildup of the patterns that you see them doing over and over again. There's no confusion. It just feels good. It's something that um, my fiance said to me a long time ago. When we first met, she said, um, when you stayed at my house for a month, this is the, when we were first getting to know each other and we wanted to make sure that, you know, if I moved, <laughs> if I moved down to Georgia and I committed to this, uh, are we going to get along? And so she said, why don't you stay with me for a month? And I said, what? <laughs> I'm prepared to get, you know, a place to stay. And she said, no, let's just see if this works. So she tried it. And she felt good about it. And I decided to do it. And we stayed together for a month. 
and after the month was over, she said, it was really strange. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? She said, there were no glitches. And I just love that word because we're both kind of tech nerds. And she said, uh, there were no glitches, meaning um, it was easy. And she said, I've never felt like that before. It's never been easy before to live with someone for any period of time. There's always something, you know, the um, socks on the floor, the, the toilet seat up or down. I mean, there's always something. She said there were no glitches. So that made me feel good. And so um, that reinforced that if we get together, there there'll probably be a continuation of what we've experienced. Now, that was only a month. <laughs> that was only a month. I mean, we were in in our relationship for a few months before I did that, but it was only a month. And um, this was kind of the precursor for us moving in together. And so we did that and it worked out and it's still working out. Doesn't mean there aren't any glitches now. <laughs> After nine years, you're going to find them. But what about the beginning? The beginning of a relationship, the honeymoon phase, the settling in period. I mean, it takes about, from my experience, six months, sometimes three months, but six months to really start to get to know someone because the honeymoon period has to uh, kind of dissipate and go away so you can experience each other's real personalities. The real personalities come out because if you're totally invested 100% in each other for the first two or three or four months, it's going to feel like this is what I want forever. This is how I always want to feel. But you can't feel that way all the time. The body and the mind and the heart can't sustain that 100% affection toward each other all the time. There is a point where it has to fade down a little bit. It has to fade off. Not that the love disappears, not that the affection disappears or whatever you're feeling toward each other. It doesn't mean it disappears. It just means now that you've gotten it all out of your system and shown each other how much you care about each other and you're really invested in each other, you settle down, you settle in. And that settling period is, okay, now I got to get back to work. Now I got to Make sure the house is clean. Now I got to pay the bills. That starts to come back into your life. So this, this is the point where you're really testing the relationship. First few months, easy. There, there probably aren't going to be any, quote, glitches. But from that point forward, after, you, after the honeymoon period's over, now you're testing the relationship because you're showing up more as yourself. And the more you show up as yourself, the more you get to find out if they accept you as you are or you accept them as they are. And so I, I kind of went off a little bit, but coming back to this person, the uh, two month period isn't long enough, meaning it isn't long enough to determine if this person's going to be perfect or it's going to be a great relationship or it's going to be long lasting or not because you're still in the dating phase, you're still getting to know the person. Now, I'm not faulting the person who wrote. I'm not saying that, oh, you shouldn't have let him go. No, I, I think you should have gone with your gut. You did the right thing. You went with your gut. Does it mean that he would have returned? Does it mean that 
you are 100% right. And if you didn't do it, you would have been hurt. We don't know. That's just the bottom line. You don't know. He could have turned out to be a great partner. The good thing is that he was honest and said, I don't know, because he still has feelings. He still has that connection in his life. And sometimes those feelings take a long time to go away, or if at all. My partner says she still loves the people that she had in her life. When I first heard that, I said, can you explain that? (laughs) She said they were very nice people. I mean, some of them. Some of them were awful. I've already mentioned one. (laughs) But some of them were nice. And those relationships didn't last, not because they weren't nice. It was because they weren't compatible or they both had different goals and desires and values. And so they didn't last, but she still appreciated them. She still loves them in some way. But the love she has for them is different than the love she has for me. And she trusts me and she feels comfortable around me being herself. And she loves that. She loves our relationship. So what ends up happening is that uh, you have someone in your life that is all about you and still has thoughts and feelings about other people, but that doesn't mean they're always going to go back to that person. Now, to alleviate any um, doubt in the person who wrote to me, I think you were right in going with your gut and leaving him because I think he still has stuff to work on. I think you were right about the baggage, uh, not necessarily that he has a history with his ex or anything like that, but he does have some feelings to work through. And I would be more comfortable if he was in a space of uh, believing he knew he did the right thing and moving forward instead of uh, having any doubt that he did the wrong thing or that he would go back. And the only reason I say that is because I think it's important for him to be more clear more sure of himself before he moves forward and uh, connects with somebody else. That doesn't mean he shouldn't be with anybody else or have another romantic partner or even get into a long-term relationship that maybe works out. It just means I think you should have more certainty that you're going in the right direction. I also think you need time for healing. If it was only two months, that is a very short period of time. Now, Asha, my fiance, says, uh, you know, men heal faster than women. They just get into another relationship and they're perfectly happy. I don't agree with that 100%, (laughs) but it does seem to be a pattern with some men. I'm going to get out of this relationship. It's heartbreaking. I'm going to find somebody else and, oh, I'm, I'm happy now. I don't necessarily do that myself. I think I tried to do that in the past, but it didn't work out very well. I tried to have somebody else fill that hole in my heart just because I wanted companionship. But she has seen that. She has witnessed that in her life. Men will break up and it'll only be a couple months and then they'll be with somebody else and it'll be fine. And I don't know how those relationships worked out. I don't know if they did. But she says she sees that in men more than women. And so, okay. That could be true, but um, my experience is in my life, eh, when I tried to do that, it didn't work out. I filled the gap with somebody else, and boy, that didn't work out because now I'm trying to fit someone into a mold, 
that um, I had already created in my my mind. It was the relationship mold. I'm going to fit you into this relationship mold and it has to be this way. And that just turned out to be not so great. And so before I met Asha, I said, I'm not going to create a mold. I don't want to know what the perfect relationship is. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. I'm just going to see what happens and we'll see where it goes. And I did. I was open-minded. And when she started talking to me and telling me about her life and telling me about her her um, dreams and hopes and whatever, I just listened. And I didn't try to form any opinions or tell her what to do like I used to do or tell her what she should think about. I just listened. And then when I listened, I chose to accept that she is making choices in her life that are making her happy, that are going in the direction that she wants to go in life. And it felt so good for once just to accept everything about someone. It just felt good. And that used to not be me or not used to be me. It, it used to not be me. And in the past, when I heard somebody say, well, I, I really want to do this. I might have said, you want to do that? And then I would think to myself, oh, I don't want somebody in my life who wants to do that. And then I would just kind of discount them. And when I did that, I probably missed out on some good people because I wouldn't or I couldn't accept them. But when Asha was telling me about her life and I was telling her about mine, I just accepted everything and just thought that she was crazy. <laughs> but I'm going to talk to her anyway because I'm going to take this slowly. And we actually started off as friends and we stayed friends for a few months. And um, we told each other everything. And there was no judgment. And it was just nice to talk to somebody for that period of time and be completely 100% honest with them. And that is one of my values, honesty. Let's just be honest with each other. And if it turns out that being honest with each other breaks us up, then we weren't meant to be together. Because if my honest expression, it doesn't work for you, then maybe this won't work. Because this is who I am. This is how I'm showing up. And if you can't accept that, then, then there's a problem. And just the same with her. If she couldn't accept me for who I am and the decisions I made, there would be a problem. And I, I wouldn't want to sweep any problems under the rug. I like to bring them out and say, let's talk about this. Can we be okay with this in our life? And we haven't had too many of those discussions. It's been pretty easy. So, um, Two months is very short, and in that two-month period, I think you can have as much fun as you want. You can spend time together, but I think it needs to be a friendship. It doesn't mean it can't be romantic. doesn't mean there can't be sex. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying if you treat it more like a friendship, then it wouldn't be necessarily a breakup when you're done or when you leave or whatever. It would be more like, hey, this isn't really working, and I notice it and you notice it, so... Well, you know, let's not, let's not grow this any further. Let's just, um, keep it here or let's just, uh, kind of back off whatever it is, whatever your, I mean, this is your choice. Anyone who's listening, it's your choice. You can do whatever you want. In my experience, it's been so much easier and so less heartbreaking just to keep more of a friendship, more of that connection. I mean, it can be exclusive. <laughs> doesn't mean you have to 
date around and uh, unless you want to. I mean, you have to sort of have an agreement there, I'm sure, but whatever it is to you. But I look at it as, hey, this is a good friend of mine and I might have feelings for her. Sure. But am I, am I fully invested? Am I going to commit 100%? Is this my future? I don't know. And this is kind of my final thought on the person who wrote. You have no idea what the future is going to bring. He may say, I don't know if I want to get back with her or not, but I'm with you right now. I'm enjoying our time together and I really want to continue doing that. That may be what he says. Or like you said later, he said, no, I don't want to get back with her. I don't know if that was the truth or not, but if you had an open, honest conversation and you weren't attached to the outcome, then anything he said would have been okay with you. What I mean by that is if he said, I don't know, I, I still have feelings for her, but I'm really enjoying our time together. And you said, well, I'm enjoying our time together too. So I hope it continues, but I'll support any, any direction you want to take. That would be hard, wouldn't it? Because you're invested. You feel for this person. You have feelings. But if he said that, what more could you ask for? That's honest. And when you have somebody that's that honest, who's willing to be truthful at the cost of the relationship, then you have somebody that you can probably trust. And if you can trust somebody, that's somebody to keep in your life. He may not end up being a romantic partner. Let's just say that you stayed together and uh, you found other incompatibilities. He may not end up being your romantic partner indefinitely, or he may be. You just don't know. And this is why I'm um, going to end it here is that because you don't know, you can either look at all the variables in the relationship today and ask yourself, am I enjoying what I have? Is he being honest and transparent with me? And even though he still has this baggage, are we moving in a good direction? And do I feel good about myself? Do I feel good when I'm with him? And if he just happened to um, go back to her or break up, will it have been worth it? Will what we had together been worth it? That's even harder because you want it to last. You want to continue. You don't want to get hurt. But I sit here today knowing that uh, any day could come along where Asha comes to me and says, it's not working out. I don't believe that'll ever happen. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> but I've told her since day one, when I get into relationships, I enjoy the day I'm in. I am very present minded with you, knowing that you might break up with me. And, and the reason we had this conversation is because she asked me the question one day. She said, if everyone broke up with you in your life, which is true, except for one person, if everyone broke up with you in your life, how can you get into a relationship without the fear of getting hurt, thinking that I'll break up with you? I said, that's a great question, but I know the answer right away. I said, it's almost as if because I believe that maybe someday you'll break up with me, which isn't a fair thing to say, I know, <laughs> but I have this kind of a small little voice in the back of my head saying, well, they may break up with you someday. So because I believe that is a possibility, let me word it that way, then I want to enjoy every single day we have together just in case that happens or just in case it doesn't happen. Either way, 
I want to enjoy my time with you. And she got it. She didn't ask any follow-ups. <laughs> she said, I guess that's a good way to look at it. It's optimistic. I said, I have to be because if you break up with me in a week, I don't want to be miserable today. I want to enjoy today. If we get into an argument, boy, do I want to resolve that fast. Boy, do I want to get closure fast. Let's talk about things. Let's bring things up to be discussed. And let's be so honest with each other that it could cost the relationship that the truth might hurt that bad. Yes, this is how I operate in my relationship. And she had to get through some hurdles with that one. <laughs> I mean, we both do. Everyone has to get through hurdles with that one. But I told her, I would rather have you be angry with me. I would rather have you yell at me. I would rather have you tell me you hate me than to hold it in, than to lie, than to say anything else but what's on your mind because it affects the relationship. And I've, I saw this happen in the beginning of our relationship. She couldn't trust me for like the first year. I was telling somebody this the other day. She couldn't trust me because she had no good luck with men. She just did not find the right partner. And she said, I'm not going to have another guy in my life until the right person comes along. And I'm going to hold out. I mean, literally, this is what she did. And so she held out until I showed up. And I guess she thought I was good enough. <laughs> and uh, we got together. But when we got together, she couldn't really put a hundred percent trust in me. And this is that uh, grace period, right? Where we are together for a few months or uh, for me, it was like a year and a half before she decided to step forward and start emotionally connect with me, connecting with me even more, even deeper, allowing herself to trust me, allowing herself to feel uh, confident that I wasn't going to turn on her or abuse her or hurt her. It took her a lot longer than maybe some other people, but I had to uh, go through that period of time and she had to go through that period of time. And, um, this was a good thing. We, we took this relationship day by day and, um, just allowed it to blossom on its own time. We allowed that third entity in our life to grow as it needed to. And when it was ready and how it needed to, at the same time, me as an individual and her as an individual learned to communicate in a way that brought up honest thoughts and honest feelings uh, knowing that the other person could be hurt, but it was better to be honest than stuff it down or repress it and have it come out in subtle destructive ways or overt destructive ways in other ways. We don't want that to happen. We don't want to get into an argument and it's really not about what we're arguing about, but it's because I never said anything six months ago when this thing happened. It's more important to be honest and transparent. So I think my point about, oh yeah, my point about that was, in the first year, year and a half of our relationship, um, she had a couple periods or two or three periods where she didn't look at me for a certain length of time or I would come home and she didn't want to kiss me and it was just weird and something was going on and I, I couldn't tell what it was. And so I finally said one day after a few days of this, uh, what's going on? And she said, nothing. I said, something's going on. And she finally said, well, I don't really want to say, I don't want to upset you. And that's when I finally said, and you may have heard this before, but I finally said, I would rather have you upset me than not look at me and neglect me and not kiss me. And I feel like I'm living here by myself. I would rather have you tell me what your truth is. 
And she said, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings or I don't want to upset the apple cart or whatever. I said, please do it. I would rather have you yell at me, scream at me and all that stuff I said before. She said, okay, if you're sure. <laughs> and I was and it came out and we were able to talk through it and get through it and everything was wonderful after that. And then later on, she said, uh, uh, this is like a few months later. She said, you know, when you said that I should tell you the truth and uh, not hold things in, well, this is one of those times. I have to tell you something. I said, well, uh, great. Let's get it out. Let's talk about it. Let's put it on the table. And she did. And we got through that too. And every time we got through it, it strengthened our bond. It strengthened the trust between us. It grew the relationship and continued to um, strengthen the bond and grow the trust. It just continued going in that direction. And this is what happens when you challenge the relationship, it grows stronger if you survive. But if you don't survive, then the relationship wasn't going to survive anyway. It's not going to work if you can't introduce challenges and not survive those challenges. So it's not because it's one person's fault or the other person's. If you bring up these challenges and the relationship doesn't survive, you don't say, well, I shouldn't have brought that up. You say, wow, I'm glad I brought that up because this would have been a problem. This would have come out in other ways. This could have caused us to fight every two months or whatever. Or every time we get into a fight, it would just turn into a blow up because we're not really fighting about what we're fighting about. We're fighting about something that happened three years ago. And we don't want to do that. I want to thank this person for writing. I hope I gave you something to chew on. I know that you're probably not together right now. I don't know if what I said changes your mind or makes you think differently or even reinforces that you did the right thing. It's not that at all. I think when you go with your gut, it's always the right thing. Plus, if there really is something there between the two of you, he's going to reach out again. He's going to say, you know, I've been thinking about you and I really enjoyed our time together. I would really like to get back together with you um, because that's what people who care about other people do. They, they reach out if they believe there is something more and they want to pursue it. Doesn't mean all people do that. Doesn't mean that you might not want to pursue him, but it is still early and he, he is still in that uh, kind of iffy stage. He could be in that rebound stage where he's looking for something to fill in the gap. And you don't want to be just something. You don't want to be just uh, a filler. I mean, from what you told me. You want to have something meaningful with somebody who is ready to commit. And maybe he's not there. That could be a conversation you have. Doesn't mean you can't have a conversation like that with him now. But try to be honest and try not to be too attached to the outcome. He may still have feelings and just say, that's okay, I understand. That might be hard to do. But if that's how he feels, I would rather hear the truth than make something up. Because... You make something up now, then it's easier to make stuff up later, and you know how that works out. Thanks again, and good luck with that. Stay strong. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our patrons this week, Winnie, Michelle, Chris, Wanda, Delek, Victoria, Maria, Sally, and Heather. So grateful for all of you. Thank you for your support. They found value in the show, and they decided, hey, I want to give back. If you find value in this show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com and there are options to do that over there. Thank you, patrons. I appreciate all of you. 
and for showing how to navigate the difficult relationship, listen to my other podcast called Love and Abuse over at loveandabuse.com. And if you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, join the program that is helping a lot of people heal over at healedbeing.com. And finally, thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And uh, I do have a final thought. It's going to be a little bit of a change in what I talked about earlier. Um, somebody wrote in the Facebook group, that, uh, the Overwhelmed Brain Empowerment group that I have on Facebook. They said, I'm struggling with finding the right job. I used to be very career driven and focused at work, but after a divorce, I wasn't the same. I've been applying and I have had multiple offers, but I think I settled on the one that I want to have, but so much doubt it's right for me. My husband used to help calm me and talk me through this, but I feel so lost without him by my side. How can I learn to work through this alone and have any confidence in myself again? That's a great question. Thanks for asking it. And I know there are already answers filling up the, um, the posts right now. So you probably already have something to uh, work with there. But I want to give you my, uh, my take on this is that when I'm looking for a job, it's always nice to have one while I'm still looking. So that's one part of this is uh, sometimes you just take a job, see if it works out, see if you like the people and you might continue liking it, but you could always apply while you're in that job. You can apply for other jobs. I know that's probably not uh, 100% loyalty to the job you're in, but you know, you're trying things out. It, it, I guess it is related to what we talked about earlier, where you take things slowly, you take things one day at a time, knowing that any moment you could quit. You could get fired. You could, I don't know, uh, get stuck in the elevator. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen on a day-to-day basis. And all you do is try it out, see if it works out for you. Try the next day, see if that works out for you. And you'll figure it out. So that's one part of my take on this. And um, I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> but the, the other way I look at this is uh, I ask myself a question like, what would be important to me about another job? Like, what are my values? So I might want weekends off. I might want a certain amount of pay. I might want to work certain hours. I might want it to be closer to home or I don't mind the commute. I mean, there's all kinds of criteria that I have in my head or I might write down that are going to help me answer the question. That way, I know if I get the job that matches the criteria I've done my due diligence. So this kind of helps you get into that frame of mind of uh, knowing whether a job is right for you or not, because you really can't predict how you'll get along with others or if they'll get along with you or if the place is disorganized until you get there. You just don't know any of this stuff. So it is, it's a tiny little risk or maybe a bigger one, but it's a risk when you start anything. So you just start it and see what happens. And then if it doesn't work out, you start something else. Or as you're working there, you continue looking, like I said, continue looking for other work, like I said. So there's part two of my answer. And I guess part three would be ask questions. Like you said that uh, you think you've settled on the one you want and you've had multiple offers. So it sounds like even if this one doesn't work out, you could probably get another offer somewhere else. Yeah, those offers may not be available anymore, but it sounds like 
uh, they might be easier for you than other people. And I'm not saying that it's easy for you. I'm just saying some people don't get any offers. So you've got a, a nice list to choose from. But let's just say that you want to choose the one that you settled on and you still aren't sure. So the question is, what aren't you sure about? You said, I think I settled on the one I want, but I have so much doubt it's right for me. So what makes you doubt it's right for you? That's an important question. Well, I doubt it's right for me because that's a good question. And then let's just say um, it's working weekends and you don't like working weekends. So kind of future pace yourself and ask yourself, uh, okay, let's just say that I love this job and it's good pay and I'm getting along with everyone, but I have to work weekends. Will that be okay because everything else is great? Will working weekends be okay because everything else is great? And secondly, uh, not having weekends off, but having two days in the middle of the week, let's assume that you do, would that be okay too? Would that be any benefit to you? And look at the positives and the negatives, and then you'll weigh what you have in front of you and then determine what you want to do then. So I think that's a good way to look at things, those three things. And maybe a fourth thing would be, let's just say that you get there and on day one, you realize, uh oh, (laughs) this isn't what I expected at all. Then you didn't have a job before while you were looking for work and you found it. So what's to stop you from not having a job again? And I know there might be challenges with that, but here we are, you're not working now. So why not just try it and see what happens? Now, if you're like me, or at least the way I used to be, once you commit to a job, you think, okay, I'm here, I'm stuck. That is, in my opinion, the wrong attitude. You're not stuck anywhere. You're allowed to start a relationship and say, whoa, this isn't working for me. You're allowed to start a job and say, "Ah, this isn't working for me. You're also allowed to start a relationship and say, this isn't working. Let's talk about it. Just like you're able to start a job and say, this isn't working. Let's talk about it. I need this. I need more resources. I didn't expect this. Can we talk about it? Because yeah, somebody might go, well, what? She's complaining already. So what? (laughs) It's not complaining. It's telling them how you can show up the most efficiently the most productively. So you tell them, this is what I need. This is what I need to perform my job adequately. And this is what I need to perform my job efficiently and uh, productively and, you know, on and on. You tell people how you can make their lives easier by them helping you make your life easier and make your job easier so that you can help them succeed. It's mutually beneficial. That's how I look at things. I hope this helps um, with your search. And maybe by the time you hear this, you'll have already decided. I wish you the best. Just remember, no matter what happens, always keep an open mind. Because that's how you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.